it's Cofield and Company. I'm giving you one more chance, Steve. I can't have you driving down the road in a skyjack drinking beer. Steve Cofield. We like Steve. <laughs> but we don't love Steve. It's Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. And we know it because we feel it in our bones. Thank you. Most important day to do it. Fourth of July weekend on the way. Cofield and company. JVT is in. I distracted. I distracted him. It's almost like you were talking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, actually, well, I wasn't because I was listening to the music. I can, I can multitask. I can multitask. It's Friday. Friday, 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 Friday. Lots to get to. Busy day. Uh, you know this weekend's one of my favorite weekends of the year. If you don't, I just told you it is. Uh, not only because it's uh, 4th of July, I love the music, I love the fireworks, love fireworks, love fireworks. Give me some uh, bands, give me some drums, I'm into it, and of course hot dogs. I'm actually very fired up. You know I get fired up every year about the hot dog eating contest. I got really mad yesterday, I'll probably get mad again today. Because uh, we got to cover it from all angles, everyone doesn't cover the hot dog contest the way you should. We actually are going to get one of the competitors on today. Very excited. Actually. Yes, it's uh, he's one of our favorites, uh, Juan Rodriguez, out of Chicago. He used to live here. Um, he's going to join us. It's a weird deal, and I don't do we go there because today's no conflict Friday. Although we have to get to Trevor Bauer in about eight minutes. That's a lot of conflict. That's uh, that's not good. So we have we have a weird situation with the hot dog eating contest where, and this is what I talked about yesterday. I don't feel like MLE is getting going out and getting the best female eaters because they. It's this whole, it's kind of a boxing promoter thing. So, mm-hmm. Molly Schuyler is the best female eater in the world. Mickey Sudo is the best hot dog uh, eater amongst the females. Well, Mickey's out because she's pregnant. Well, Mickey's boyfriend is actually eating in the contest and he's a high level eater. She used to date one more bite, Rodriguez, right? That's she used to date Rodriguez. Well, Juan's moved on to another lady who's also a competitive eater. I think she can win the female side. So you see what we got? We got a lot of entangling alliances here. So, right. you know, you've had breakups before. Do we bring it up with Juan or not? He's a professional. I think you do it. He's a public figure. That's this the most is, important this, part. This is what He's we a do. public figure. Right. And if you're part of the regular crew that's in the uh, Nathan's contest on Coney Island, you are a celebrity. Let's let's admit that. Yes. Right? You're the public eye. It is one of the most popular sporting events uh, in American history. All right. Got to be asked. I have your permission to stir the pot because yeah. I like – I love stirring the relationship pot because you never know what's going to come out. And we don't have a side. I like Mickey Sudo too. She, you know, like I said, she used to live here in Vegas. She's come on with us a few times. She's a nice lady. And, you know, congrats to her. She's got a bun in the oven. Come on. Nothing? No rim shot? Hot dog bun in the oven? I guess. No. Oh, okay. okay I guess. No. All right. All right. Uh, I am going to take a trip at some point this month to. California. That's often where I go because the uh, the SO is from California. You were just in California. How was it, buddy? How was the time off? Overrated. What? Well, but you generally go to kind of that center strip of California, which we know. Yeah. Eh, so much better. It's better. So much better. 
Because so here's name the towns in Central California that you go to. So my wife is from a small farm community. It's Merced, California. It is 45 minutes out of Fresno. Beautiful um, Merced and yep. even more beautiful Atwater, Fresno. Atwater, right? Turlock, okay. that kind right. of area. Right. Really good, solid. You drive right. through Bakersfield to get there. Quality people. Yes, yes. It's awesome. Um, love it. Love so every second of it. <laughs> this trip was a nightmare. What? Because Stop. so we leave in the morning. It takes us, Steve. It took me seven hours. To get to Newport Beach, we were driving. That's that's generally if you leave at the right time, a four-hour drive. Want to know how I know that? Because I told my family, yeah, we're leaving at four in the morning when we're going back home. And I got home in four hours. Yeah. It was a nightmare to get there yeah. in the middle of the day. It's, it's, it's But that, is that... Is that California? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. And, it's, and, it's, all, it's all the California side. I've loved, it's gotten worse. Yes. And I, I feel like... I don't know why I thought like during the pandemic all the roads in the world were being fixed, especially in the United States. And then you get on the roads in California and you're like, wait, it's still not fixed. Not and for fixed. me, this is like 25 years of not being fixed. There aren't even roads. Like, especially <laughs> in Newport. Like, there's, everything's like oh, okay. one way and the yeah, tiny well, little I mean, that, they, they parallel can't, they, parking. But you know they can't do much. Can they I can't do much out there. No, you can't. Right, because I get everything. Right. But it's, all, it's, all, it's all set. You know what got me? Yeah. You know, I thought I liked going to the beach. Here we go. Sand might be the worst thing in the world. You've got a hot sand take or it's a sand hot take. It's just, it's, it's everywhere. A hot take about sand. It never gets off of you. No, it doesn't. Going going to the beach is such a chore because even when you shower, like I'm sitting there like, you know, spraying water all over my yeah. legs. It took like 20 minutes to get yeah. all the sand off it's of my in, feet. It's in all your cracks and crevices yes. and a lot of the ones you don't want it in. Yes. And there's a lot of people. So, like, it just, <laughs> it was... The, the best time, but but, but the, I'll, I'll tell you this, because uh, obviously I grew up near the beach, the, near the Jersey Shore, and like when it's hot and humid there, it it's it's tough, yeah. you know. And there are a lot of people. The California weather is beautiful. It is. Like, it's not unpleasant. And then you you know you're what, what are you going to be at, at Newport? Where you know like eighty one. Oh, you know, was, a couple of miles inland, and then you get to the beach. It's breezy. Like 73, 73 yep. right? It's beautiful. The whole time. The weather was awesome. How can you complain about that? My favorite part. My favorite parts were taking my kid to a little park and playing, yeah. right? Sitting in my room with the window open with nobody around, and uh, that's about it. And I, I love uh, the notion of beach life, right? but unfortunately, in the United States, most of the places with beaches are not places I want to live. No. For various reasons. California is way too expensive. You know, Texas, Alabama, Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina. Uh, give me the beautiful Jersey Shore or I will go to the rocky areas of Maine or Oregon. The boardwalk. Then it's bad. not warm and then it defeats the purpose of being on the beach. The boardwalk in Jersey wasn't bad when I would go out there. It, that, was a tr- that was a trip and to you, see snow on the beach. That dude, was you, cool. you, and you were, you were on like the worst one. One no, of the really? worst ones. Yeah, Atlantic City is terrible. Yeah. As compared to the rest of the Jersey Shore. I liked it. It was just I went during winter, so yeah. it got really cold. Like like I said, to see snow on the beach was really trippy. Like I did Quiet, not think that those right? two oh, that was that was actually the best part. Tranquil. When I would go out and just like go for walks in the winter and like there'd be nobody out right. there. Aside from taking a pistol to the back of the head, because uh AC about three blocks off the beach is ain't great. There was there was one point where we, we were walking, it was me and Trivia, who you know you said uh, Mackenzie did uh, UNLV audio for a while behind the scenes. Oh, yeah. And we were uh, we were walking out there. And we're just exploring, and it's like one o'clock in the morning, and we walk by this shop, and there's just a single red light bulb on, and it just says open, 
and it's 1.30 in the morning. There's nobody around, and it do doesn't it. say what it is. Let's do There's it. There's no sign. There is no nothing. You went in, right? No. Come I on. Do it. I was terrified. Why not try it? I was terrified. Try making uh, saltwater taffy. I have no idea. <laughs> just a single red, the red light bulb is too menacing. Like, I just, I couldn't do it. It's edgy. There's a little bit of danger. A little bit of danger. <laughs> All right. So, uh, overall grade for uh, California Beach vacation, C? I will go C+. Plus. Come on, you got to spend time with your kid. Your kid I mean, only gets so many of those vacations in his lifetime. I'm going to lecture lived, you about kids now. This kid's already lived a better life than I have. <laughs> <You're exactly>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm three yet. That's awesome. All right, we get the news. I don't, yeah, I don't know why the NFL dumps this on a Friday when, uh, like, we have early out Friday. We'll be leaving at 3.15 today. Cool. Uh, we'll see who does the show from there. But I think most people, if you have the ability, and you know, a lot of people have to work this weekend because you're in the service industry, but a lot of people start shutting down for a super long weekend on Fridays. Why would you news dump hard knocks? Why not put it out on like next Tuesday morning? Anyway, I'm fired up. Mostly. Because I think the Cowboys are generally a, a, a high-level S show to watch. But there's one thing that worries me. Again, hard knocks will have the Cowboys this year. It's the third time they've done it. To me, it's the fourth time, really, because Amazon did a year on the Cowboys. It's the same kind of show. My one worry, well, I'm not going to say my one worry, because it actually could be really entertaining. This is such a make-or-break TV show for Mike McCarthy. Yes, it is. Mike McCarthy, who famously admitted that he might have lied about studying analytics in his interview with Jerry Jones to get the job. <laughs> Mike McCarthy, who might not be the brightest bulb. I think he is completely unimpressive, but I haven't seen him on a reality show where they could actually shape him. Think about how bad it went. Uh, who was the Ichabod Crane guy? Now I'm blanking on his name, who coached the Dolphins, who was a Packers OC for a long uh, time. Joe Philbin, right? Yep. Oh, boy. What? Ichabod Crane. That show killed him. Yes. Everyone who watched it was like, that's an NFL coach? Like an, a head coach. Right. And. My impression of Mike McCarthy is big lug. Big lug, old school guy. Yeah, I mean, it, it killed it killed Jeff uh, Jeff Fisher, too? It killed Jeff Fisher. Jeff Fisher looked like a dunce. He can't get rid of it. No. He can't get rid of it. One of the first things that happened when the, the NFL announced, John, that they were going to 17 games were Jeff Fisher jokes. Nope. Can't go 8-8. Eight eight. Can't go 7-9 anymore. Can go 7-10. Can go 8-9. Can go 9-8. Bring back Jeff Fisher. It has stained him forever. Yep. How do you think McCarthy is going to come off in this? I don't think well, but I'm also not the biggest McCarthy fan. Right? Like I was, I was very adamant when the hire happened, and there was there was a shocking amount of it's an upgrade. This guy could really make this team better. I'm like, have we <laughs> have we seen what's happened with the Green Bay Packers? Yeah. You hear guys in the media, right? I think it was Bryant McFadden who famously said, like, yeah, I was watching film, and like they're still running the same stuff from the Super Bowl. And that was a year ago for Green Bay. I don't have high hopes at all. And like you said, not even from, we can make fun of him in terms of his like football smarts and how smart he is in general, but he just is bland. He doesn't come off as entertaining in any sort of way. There's nothing charismatic. There's nothing to latch on to. I don't think it goes well. (laughs) (laughs) August 10th. There is no show. I I will guarantee you. There is no show uh, anywhere on radio and even in, in Dallas that takes hard knocks as seriously as we do. I get so worked up from August 10th on. We play clips. I start ranting and raving. I start acting like a coach, good and bad. 
I love the show. It's for me, it became like work. Like when I was on the year that the Raiders had it, <laughs> and like it like Isabel, my wife, was like, What are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm watching the latest episode of Hard Knocks. She's like, Why? And I was like, I have to, okay? Because of the show. Like, I need to study. <laughs> you gotta keep up. And that was I thought the Raiders one was kind of boring. It was kind of boring. So like that that's what made it kind of worse. That was one of the lower tiered, I think, hard knocks around in recent memory. So hopefully this one's better. The phones are always open on Cofield and Company. Call 702-364-1100 now. Now, back to Cofield and Company. That ball's hit well. Deep to center field. Going back is Marte. It is gone! Off the wall in center field. That was a shot. That is crushed. I mean, absolutely crushed. Second deck home run. It's his second home run of the night. He has 13 solo home runs this year. Fourth of July weekend, nothing says America more than Bryce Harper. A couple of days ago, Phillies, TV, Tom McCarthy on the call. You weren't listening to the call, right? It was kind of amazing, the, one of the things he said there. Yes. Uh, is Bryce on the ear has been hitting pretty well, but I swear every time I look at his numbers, I'm like, he's got uh, nine homers and 11 RBI. I've never seen a season like this where a really good player, like, you you have seen years in the past where you've got, you know, one-dimensional sluggers who could hit, like, 20 homers in a year and, like, have crazy RBI numbers, 20 and 38. Bryce has, like, almost no runs batted in. I hadn't realized that every home run he has this year is a solo home run. That's crazy. Nobody getting on base in front of him. It's the magic of it. It's, it used to be Mike Trout before Tony Rendon showed up. It was right? just like a million solo homer, like My, home Mike runs. Trout, 40 homers, 81 ribs. Like, right, because nobody would get on in front of him. With a 310 average. Right. It's good to see, though. I mean, this is his highest batting average since 2017. Like, he's definitely turned things around. I think he's, you know, if you could if you could bet Ribby over under for the second half of the season, he's a live bet. Yes. Unless they set it at, like, 65, then maybe not. <laughs> a million. <laughs> right. Bryce Harper. America. Can't say the next part. We're going to talk a little baseball in the 3 o'clock hour with uh, Danielle McCartan from WFAN, uh, one of the big series of the weekend. And it is, of all the cities, the uh, freaking kingdom of drama. Yankees and Mets, not bad, but people are freaking out on both sides. So we'll get to that. Ooh. Also, those Garth, Bro- uh, Garth Brooks tickets go out in the 3 o'clock hour. So you got to be listening, I'll just say somewhere in the area of 310 to... 335. Does that give you a good range? Sure. I'll enjoy uh, laughing at Danielle, by the way. And you. Yeah. Home plate up, trying to squeeze Otani. Eh, you learn. Oh, yeah. Game ends at 1 in the morning. Angels win. He got. Oh, how bad was that? <laughs> it's such a ridiculous Seven game. runs. <laughs> they can't win the game. Oh, my God. Cut it out. They got Otani. All right, we got to talk NBA injuries. We'll get to the Trevor Bauer stuff. It's very important. A little later. Looks like he's going to be on the shelf for a while. Trey Young, he's playing, right? It sounds like it. There yeah. was one report that indicated that he was going to play. I know the official designation is game time decision, uh, but reading the tea leaves, it sounds like he's going to be out there for Atlanta. 
And his injury seems to be less serious than Giannis Antetokounmpo's knee injury, which looked disgusting. Uh, 5.30 start tomorrow. Yeah, baby. Atlanta's minus two. Did you jump on the Bucks? Did you try to jump on the Bucks once the uh, young injury came down? The, no, the, so uh, the news. My angle is actually betting the total. And I wrote about this for a website of Avisin. So when you saw that Giannis got ruled out and then subsequently Trey Young, you saw the total go from 220 to 212 and a half. Ooh. But, uh, and this was, this was part of my piece was Ooh. there's, you can actually really, really strongly make the case that the total should go up without Giannis How? on the floor. Well, so their defensive rating is atrocious. So if you go with Giannis on the court, defensive rating is 109.1. Giannis off the court, it's 116.7. If you throw Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday in the mix, it goes up to 118.8. So their defense gets a lot worse. They get a little bit more reliant on three-point shooting, and that's a pretty good recipe. Even though that's a guy that can score 30 points a game, the efficiency goes up for your opponent by quite a bit. And sure enough, in that last game, game sales over the total without Giannis on the floor. Like, didn't even come close to going under. And both of those numbers, too, by the way, right? The closing number about Jeez. 213 and well over the 220. Hawks made 15 threes and uh, Bogey had seven to 16. Yep. And that's something that can continue without Giannis on the floor. So my angle and it's going to be going forward. No Giannis, bet it over, baby. What do you think about the rumor with uh, Kawhi now? Is he staying? Is he going? He has an opt out. No could, could it be a match with Luca? You know what? Go join another super team, former super team. There's Kawhi no to rumor. Dallas. There's no rumor. I mean, I can make the I made the joke. <laughs> no rumor, right? I think because the way that they put it is uh, they are expected to push hard for Kawhi Leonard. I told myself I was going to be a millionaire by thirty, right? Just because I plan on doing something. I'm going to push be, hard. Right. I'm going to push hard to be a millionaire by the time I turn thirty. Didn't really work out. Now I still got a couple of months left, but he's going to stay in LA. I was pretty confident even when they were down three two to Dallas that he was still going to stay in Los Angeles. You don't believe the rumors that he's mad at the doctors for you know another another team misdiagnosed the knee. Who misdiagnosed the knee? Though? They never brought it back. Well, that he had, he was having knee issues already. Oh, uh, okay. I mean, I, I didn't. I actually had not read that. I don't believe that to be the case. I mean, just given the history of Kawhi and how in tune he is with his body, and how much that he respects the opinions of his own people as opposed to outside sources, i.e., like the team doctors, things like that. I don't think that would be an issue. So, I think what's interesting, and Kevin O'Connor brought it up, is Paul George is kind of at the peak now in terms of value, and there's guys like Damian Lillard. Who are potentially out there for the getting? Ooh. Like, could you imagine a Damian Lillard and Kawhi Leonard combo? Like, if if Kawhi's like, yeah, I'll come back, but uh, give me Dame. Let's talk some more NBA and specifically Suns with one of the dudes who covers the Phoenix Suns and get more on the Suns. It's kind of ridiculous, right? Like, we need we need to do a fact finding mission on a team that's in the NBA Finals. But Dwayne Rankin uh, works for the Arizona Republic, and he's up on Cofield and Company. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota. Now, back to Cofield and Company, live from the Finley Toyota Studio. This one is over. The Suns get the win over the L.A. Clippers. They eliminate the Clippers. And I have to tell you this. For the third time in my NBA broadcasting career, I have the opportunity to say the Suns are going to the NBA Finals. The Suns have an opportunity to be the kings of all of pro basketball.
pretty cool. Old dude, been in broadcasting forever. Al McCoy, 88 years old, on the call. And, yeah, it's a, it's a neat moment. I still don't think much of the country has grasped the whole thing or, you know, latched onto it. It's a weird feeling, isn't it? Like, one mm-hmm. of the... And the Suns have had a good a good history at times. The recent history wasn't. Like, are you feeling it yet? Are you feeling it? I actually, we're going to talk to Mark McMillan in like 20 minutes. Mark spends a lot of the year at a house that he has in Arizona. And I want to get a feel for like what it's like down there. Yeah. Are you feeling it? I think to an extent, the Chris Paul thing helps. Right, the fact that he's had such a yeah. long career and the fact that it took him so long to get he's to this a, he's point. He's a national figure. Correct. All NBA fans know Chris Paul. Right, so it, that really helps. But if it was like you know Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, and Mikael Bridges, like making it this far without Chris Paul, uh, I mean, it would be it would it would be hard to really get into it. And I, I think what has not helped, as you know, we can talk about fair or unfair, is the perception that they had an easy path given all the injuries to the teams in front of them on their way to the postseason, right? Anthony Davis goes down in the first round. LeBron James on 100% if you want to make that excuse. The shorthanded Denver Nuggets. No Kawhi with the Clippers. So I think a lot of people have been turned off in that regard. And then we do the stupid asterisk thing and, right, Mickey Mouse ring is people, I guess, is now the thing when it comes to NBA championships. So it's the Suns franchise on top of the path that I think that has turned people off. Yesterday, Adam Hill was saying, hey, it's part of the story. You can't just bury it. Now, championships are won sometimes with some fortunate circumstances unfolding in front of you. Yeah. Luck is part of championships okay. all the time. But you're, but, not, you're not, like, taken away from the win. No, I, look, there's – I think you can – like, both things can be true. Like, I, I, when I – I always say this because this is all I do. I wrote about this, too, which was, you know, watching, for example, their closeout game against the Clippers. They got to that point because of some of the injuries and the luck that, you know, was in their favor – but Chris Paul is the one that scored 41 points in the closeout game. It was absolutely incredible in the fourth quarter, right? Chris Paul was the one who said, nah, I'm going to go to the finals. You guys aren't going to stop me. You can go on a 10 nothing run and cut this to seven, but I'm just going to demolish you in the fourth quarter by myself. So, yeah, both things can be true. I think they did get fortunate, but they also did what they needed to do to get there. The Valley Oop, closing it out, right? The, the Clippers are the ones that went 0-12 in, in game four with the, the, the chance to take the lead. Suns didn't. So, yeah, I think both things can be true. You put me my place towards the end of the regular season because you remember I was making the case that the MVP, you know, by the definition, the MVP of the league is Chris Paul. Now, you went back to the bubble last year, and the Suns were much improved. But you threw the numbers at me, and you're like, no, by almost every number, Booker is better and more valuable on that team. What about the playoffs? Who's been better? Well, actually, they both weren't really good in that series. But Paul going into that last game was shooting 38% from the floor, right? And Devin Booker did single-handedly win game one with his first career triple-double in game one of the Western Conference Finals. But I think it's hard because I think they have both had their moments in that series. Game one for Booker, game six for Chris Paul. I honestly think the MVP is Monty Williams. Which is another story from back (laughs) in the regular season. And you're the one who said it. Now, we got pushback from a lot of NBA guests we had on that, no, Tibbs was great oh, with the stop. Knicks. And immediately your first angle on it was typical. Right. You know, big media market. Tibbs gets the award. Monty Williams doesn't. If he was the head coach of the Orlando Magic, Tom Thibodeau, and everything played out, the exact same roster, exact same seed, exact same results, he's not winning coach of the year. Monty Williams is every time. But because it's New York, 
Of course. But Monty Williams has been great. And like I brought this up after, I don't know if I was on with you guys, but I brought this up after game two. Like, not only just the value, which is going to get all the credit, right? You know, the dunk with less than a second left to go to remember the say rules. It, say it again like 10 more times because it's so annoying, but it's great. The value. The valley oop. Where I remember where I was oh, for I remember. the valley oop. I'll forget a month from now. I won't. Where were you? I was Chris. He's got. He's uh, like. I won't. I was. I was crisscross applesauce in my living room, watching that with my hands like this because you, Chris well, Paul had just or Chris Paul excuse me Paul George had just missed the two free throws. Yeah. And you know what's funny is, and th- I swear, it, right, because I'm a, I am a basketball nerd. A lot of people didn't remember the rule. I did. And I, re- I was sitting there, and I go, don't let him get to the rim. And I'm saying it over and over and over again. And sure enough, they lob it up, and I'm like, oh, my God, they're really going to do it. It was like slow motion. I'm like, they're really going to do this. No. And sure enough, Aiton does it, slams it home. Because you remember Jay, uh, Jay Triano, I think, was a former interim coach of the Suns, and they had a regular season game. <laughs> and that was all over social media right afterwards. And I, I remember that immediately. And I was like, they're going to do this. They're going to totally do this. Yeah, it sucked. So I'll always remember where I was. I, I forgot what a rabid Clippers fan you are. So that was salt in the wound. So you will never forget it. Yeah. But but to that point, like, so everyone's going to remember the value. Oop. I don't think a lot of people are going to remember that uh, Monty Williams also drew up a wide open corner three for Mikhail Bridges, the possession prior, which led to the value, Oop, right? Because there was less than a second left to go and it went out on the Clippers. Like, I think Monty Williams has been incredible as a coach in some of these situations. DeMarcus Cousins beat the crap out of Dario Sarge for a game and a half. So what does he do? Game six? Right, well, let's run some pick and pops at DeMarcus Cousins. Let's see if he can actually get in space. And sure enough, Sarge was absolutely incredible. Anyone who's uh, trying to revise history on the number one pick, Aiden, does any of this happen if they get Luka? They're not getting Chris Paul. Yeah, I think there's an argument to be made that no, it doesn't. Are they, are they as good or better with Luka and Devin Booker to build around? Luka's awesome. I would Probably say, does, does it happen as quick, I guess? I, I mean, because I think a lot of people hear that and go, you're saying they're getting here because of Aiton? No, because Aiton, the pick to Aiton, right, is the first domino in a lot of other things that ultimately leads to Chris Paul going there and all of that, right? So I would say that while they would be good, are they here in the in the NBA Finals if they pick Luka Doncic? I don't, I don't think you can say that. All right, let's get down to Arizona, get the uh, the real insight on the Suns. Dwayne Rankin covers the Suns with the Arizona Republic. He's up with Cofield and Company here in Vegas. Dwayne, how you doing, buddy? Hey, how you guys doing? We're good. We're good. Fired up. We're fired up to see the Suns in the finals. Uh, give us the feel of uh, the Phoenix area. How fired up are people? Well, fired up is not even the, the word for <laughs> for how the fans are here. They are absolutely insane for this team. And 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 you know, and I listen. I'm all for it because they've been waiting. A long time. They saw some bad basketball here for a number of years. You know, my first season covering the team was when they won 19 games. So uh, they 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 went through that. They went through just losing after losing after losing. So they have a right to to act to act to act a fool, as some would say, <laughs> and, and and enjoy what's going on. You know, so they're 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 insane over this team and, and this team has given them reason to be that way. They they play a fun style, share the ball. When the ball is moving, uh, you know, it, 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 the offense is something to see. And then you obviously they have a competitive edge to them and a spirit and Chris Paul is leading that charge. And I think what's, what, what makes the fans even more into it is the fact that 
they're seeing how the nation is reacting to the Suns. You know, they're seeing their their guy, Devin Booker, who, 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 as Booker said, you know, we were on the bottom, and they've seen him now rise up, and now they're 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 they're, they're like, yeah, that's our guy. You guys are finally getting to see our guy, and so those you know that that claiming deal with the team, the the Suns fans are claiming this team <laughs> and, and 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 riding with it, and and that's that's it's been fun to watch. I have a job to do, obviously. I take it very seriously, but you know, uh, I've I've enjoyed some of the craziness, not all of it. Yeah, like Suns and four guy. Sure. I, I didn't think that was necessary, but for uh, but but. For the most part, I've enjoyed seeing how the fans have reacted. They are truly enjoying it. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. I think the embracing of Suns and Four Guy kind of backfired on them. Is it seemed like there were brawls yeah. at every freaking every freaking game. We were just talking about the playoff MVP because uh, John, my co-host, and I going back to the regular season. I was saying, hey, I think CP3 is the MVP of the team. He was saying Devin Booker by the analytics is the MVP. John was just saying a couple of minutes ago that he thinks the playoff MVP is actually the guy off the floor and Monty Williams. Monty Williams. As I've said time and time again, is the best move the Suns have made since they made that move. Because without him, I don't think Chris Paul is here. Because obviously he coached Chris in New Orleans, and they have had a connection that has grown since then. So, you know, without Monty Williams, I don't think there's Chris Paul. Without Monty Williams, I don't think Devin Booker becomes the complete, more of a complete player than he was before he got there. And DeAndre Aiden certainly is not the player that he is without Monty Williams. Now, all these, all these people I just named have clearly have talent and can play. Not like I'm saying that he just took a mold of clay and just made it into something that he had plenty to work with. But at the same time, he was the coach of the year. And I guess, like I said, he got my first place vote. Tibbs got my second place vote. And this is no disrespect to Tibbs because he took a Knicks franchise that was in a deeper hole than the Suns and had to had a great year, but I mean, come on! I mean, Monty Williams has been has been the uh, been, been arguably the greatest single greatest reason the Suns are where they are, and the argument can made obviously for Chris Paul, but th- th- you can make a case for Monty Williams. Although Chris Paul <laughs> in these last two closeout games, yep. thirty-seven and forty-one, uh, yeah, that means a lot too. Yeah, I'll, I'll say it. I've said it a couple of times. Uh, if if Tibbs is the head coach of the Charlotte Hornets of the Orlando Magic and everything plays out the same, he doesn't win the award. But because it's the Knicks, Monty Williams gets robbed. Uh, but you mentioned one of the storylines that I think has been most, uh, I th- not even undercovered because it has been covered quite a bit, the development of DeAndre Ayton, though, and the, the ability that he has shown and just the way he has grown as a player. And from a narrative perspective, too, right? Because for a while, not that he was a, a bust by any stretch, but in terms of the caliber of players in that draft, he was probably third in the pecking order if you thought about the top guy coming out of that class. Talk a little bit about his development and what Monty Williams has done there because what he has done in terms of being an impact player on the floor and his hands on almost every single play in that final stretch of the elimination game, he was incredible. Well, what what the Phoenix Suns did, Monty Williams got there and obviously DeAndre, remember he got, you know, he had to serve that suspension mm-hmm. right off the gate. So he was, so, so, so you're talking about a, a new head coach and your starting center after the opener is out for like two months and you're going, wow, what, what do I have with him in a game? So, you know, DeAndre's showing his ability to dribble and, you know, and shoot, shoot threes 
threes and jumpers, and it was like, oh, he's got this great skill set. And then Mike Williams, they went to the lab after the season, and they got Chris Paul, and he's like, you know what? All that stuff you can do, we can really strip all that down. All I want you to do is catch the ball when it's thrown to you in the paint and score. All I want you to do is dive to the rim, open it up for threes. I want you to rebound. I want you to defend. And I want you to score when, you know, when you're inside. You're, you're going to live in this paint. And DeAndre was talking all this before that. Oh, I could be a four, and you know, and my like, no, 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 no. You, 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 you're big in this league, and you, you have to play like it. And held him to a very high standard in doing that. And then Chris Paul comes in and basically is just on him twenty four seven. You know what you, you know, the need to do, we need you to do, you have to do, you must do type stuff. And Devin Booker's on him, and Jay Crowder's on him, and he's got all this. Things, all these people telling him what he needs to do, and at some point it clicks like, okay, this must be really important that these things they're asking me to do. And so then he accepted that fully, and then he embraced it because it was leading to winning. Now he's seeing what all that does to help your team win. And, you know, he sees how important the screen is now. So he sees all this stuff. And then in the postseason what's happened because all that work he did in the regular season and the other guys are looked are benefiting from his, uh, you know, his sacrifices. Then it becomes a one-on-one game, and DeAndre Ayton with the athleticism and his and when his motor is is really going, you see the nine offensive rebounds like he had against the Clippers. You see the 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 games he had against the Lakers and and you know and the way he battled Jokic. You see that, and when he's playing like that, which he has for the most part in the playoffs, he is. The, the, the player that can tilt you over to winning. Devin Booker can score 35 points, they can still lose the game. But if Devin Booker scores 30-something and DeAndre Hayden gives you 20-something and gives you 15, 16 rebounds and four blocks and runs the floor and gets the other guy in a little bit of foul trouble, if he does his job at the highest level, Suns become almost unbeatable. That's the value of DeAndre Hayden, which is what James Jones told me uh, back, you know, a couple months before the playoffs. He was like, DeAndre Aiden could be the biggest reason why we advance and move on in the postseason. Couldn't be more true. Dwayne Rankin with the Suns beat writer, Arizona Republic. So we'll get you out of here on this then. What is the response and the rebuttal to people who would denigrate this run to an NBA Finals with, ah, they got lucky with injury. Every single opponent they have faced and potentially will face with Milwaukee if it is them uh, has had a key injury, and maybe this is not a rightful path to the NBA Finals. What's the rebuttal to that? It would be this, similar to the bubble yeah. where they were saying no crowd and this and that, but I don't see the Lakers, you know, trading in that trophy. So uh, I don't <laughs> think the Suns would be trading in that trophy. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, you got to look at it. I mean, you can't you can't ignore it. And Kawhi Leonard is one of the top five players in the league, and he's out for the whole series. That 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 can't be just you know you can't just dismiss that. You can't dismiss Jamal Murray being out, and then you can't dismiss Anthony Davis because the Lakers were up 2-1, and Davis, they didn't have an answer for Davis, and then he got hurt, and that did change the series. But the bottom line is, what if that, what if, you know, that happens and the Suns lose the series? Then they're looking even worse. They're looking like well, you couldn't even beat the Lakers without Anthony Davis. So they did their end of, they kept their end of the bargain. You know, they went out and, and, and took care of their business. I mean, Chris Paul... I was playing with one arm basically for like three games. So in the Lakers series, then he misses two games with 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 COVID uh, against the Clippers, and they won both games. 
So you, you, you can you can flip it the other way. They just won game six without Cam Johnson, who was out for a non-COVID. So it's not like they haven't experienced stuff either. But at the end of the day, guys, listen, you play the, you play the cards you're dealt. You play who's in front of you. And the Phoenix Suns have won 12 games regardless of who has been put in front of them. And they got four more to go. And if they're able to do that against either Milwaukee or Atlanta, like I said, they're not going to trade in that trophy. And you can shut the streets down in Phoenix because people are going to absolutely lose their mind <laughs> to, the, to the 25th power if that happens. So uh, the championship will be well-earned and deserved in a season that has been anything but ex- everything that is unexpected is what's been expected. They've gone through a season of dealing with the pandemic in arenas. Like, there's no bubble protection. It was, like, open and everything up. The NBA did all they could. But this season has been insane. And so if they were able to come out of it with a championship when they were not expected to win a championship, you can't deny them. Now, you, you know, you, you can go ahead and put an asterisk on it if you want to, but uh, the way they have played, they, have, they, they will have earned this one. And whether they beat Milwaukee, whether they play the Hawks or the Bucks, you know, they, again, they will have earned this championship. So just go ahead and do that if you want. Some people will, so <laughs> you got to understand that. But, hey, again, you know, Devin Booker, as he said, we're trying to get that, as he put it, we're trying to get that Larry for show. You know, Larry O'Brien, that's what they're sure. going after. And, 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 and uh, they're four wins away from doing that. Dwayne, that was awesome, man. Thanks for joining us on a Friday. We appreciate it. All right, y'all. Y'all take it easy. There is Dwayne Rankin, who works for the Arizona Republic, talking sun. So, okay. All right. I didn't know if I was feeling the, the vibe out of uh, Phoenix on how fired up people are going to be, but they're going to be uh, – over the moon, according to Dwayne. Uh, up next, we're going to get some uh, July 4th barbecue grilling. Let's call it grilling. I always get yelled at for calling it barbecuing. Uh, grilling tips from our guy, Mark McMillan. And we'll also find out about his uh, trip to the East Coast as he's linked up with some really cool charities and uh, got even more schooled in the world of bourbon. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Four straight games. Uh-oh, this one lifted high in the air. Out to right field. That one is gone! Make it five straight games! And another no-doubter to right field. 20th of the year for Gallo. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. That is America. Joey Gallo is America. Let's do it. 20, 20, 7 and 5 games. Have you seen that stat that uh, his batting average has increased about 100 points since the uh, the whole stick'em mandate has come down? Can't throw as many curveballs. Right. Can't throw as many pitches and control them up, you know, up in the zone. There were going to be certain hitters. Boy, I guess it it, it couldn't have been him. I I'll, I'll uh God, who was a writer? Buster Olney was mentioning there's a guy who uh, is a trade candidate who was not hitting very well, mm-hmm. who was down in the low 200s, and a lot of teams around the league are like, watch what happens when there's less curveballs and pitchers have less control of the ball. This guy still has a lot of value. I don't think it was him. It was a weird uh, – Olney was really weird. It was all this, you know, source says this, and he wouldn't name the player they were talking about. But uh, <laughs> Joey Gallo has benefited from something. Maybe it's just the freaking heat or uh, the Oakland A's pitching staff. It wasn't very good against him. Well, he's a hometown hero. This guy's becoming a hometown hero in, like, multiple spots. Phoenix, Philly, 
Vegas. Our buddy Mark McMillan checks in with us on a Friday. He's been traveling a bunch, and we need some advice on the 4th of July cookouts. What's up, Mark? What's going on, man? It's been a while since uh, since we've been on live, man, so I definitely appreciate you guys having me on, man. I'm excited. Like I said, man, I'm on a world tour, man, and it all started with that Grilla McMillan, baby. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, well, let's talk about Philly, and there was a, you did a lot of charitable events. I know you uh, you did some cooking, but one of the things I was really intrigued by uh, right out of the gates is did you go to a like a bourbon distillery? I went to a hidden still uh, bourbon distillery uh, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And, oh, wow. you know, it's uh, I've never been to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Out of all those years playing in Philadelphia, man, it seems like when you come through the trees and the hills, all you smell is chocolate. I think I gained like 10 pounds <laughs> when I rolled down the window. <laughs> just, just sniffing the chocolate. All right, so what'd you learn about bourbon? Uh, I learned a lot about bourbon, just the whole process of it. It's, it's, it's a whole process. They have bourbon jugs up there that's been sitting up there for 10 years, huh. just waiting, waiting and marinating uh, the cork open. And the guy was actually showing me through the process, uh, the fermentation, uh, you know, the taste, the bitters, the sweets, the nuts, the spices, uh, just, just going through the whole process, man, just made me uh, appreciate bourbon that much more. So whenever I go to a bar or an event and I see somebody leaving some bourbon on the table, I might slap the taste out their mouth. <laughs> Get the, get the sloppy seconds. Well, you, uh, you we've talked about it a bunch. Uh, you love cooking with bourbon. I, I love cooking with bourbon. And like I said, since I started this uh, Grilla McMillan thing, I've been doing bourbon shows, uh, bourbon scenes. Uh, so it, it's been really good, man. We just launched our, our my new program uh, at the Hidden Steel uh, Bourbon Distillery in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh, the, you know, our mission is lift, you know, to uh, you know help empower young men. Uh, through body strength and mind and minds and, and, and numbers as well. So, you know, we, we try to reach out to high school kids that's being bullied and being harassed. And we were able to raise over $2,500 in our first event. So I'm, I'm excited about that. Mark, what are some of the better proteins to, like, pair in terms of cooking with bourbon? Uh, man, it's just so many things that you can pair with. We had uh, some, some bourbon-cut steel fries that what? they made a cheese sauce. They made a cheese sauce with bacon uh, four different kind of cheeses and bourbon, and they put it on top of some fries. These are the best cheese fries I had in my life. I, oh my God. I'm wow. still trying to get the recipe from the guys, but they won't give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've done a lot of tri-tip with bourbon, right? I've done a lot of tri-tip with bourbon. Um, you know, I, I went and got a pork pork shoulder today that I'm going to put in the smoker, and I'm going to you know make a little bourbon barbecue sauce with that as well. Uh, so I'm excited about this bourbon kick, man. I'm just I feel like I'm from Kentucky or Louisville or somewhere, man. Do, do you when you do the the uh, bourbon barbecue sauce? Do you have like ready made barbecue sauce, or are you actually making the barbecue sauce yourself oh, and no, then throwing in the bourbon? Scratch, baby. You do okay. We, we start from scratch, man. We start from ketchup. You know, we got mustard. Uh, you know, I'm working on my white sauce as well. So you know, I just add the ketchup, the mustard, my secret spices and herbs, little uh, apple cider vinegar. Uh, you add the bourbon in there. You can add any kind of, you know, red pepper flakes or, you know, what kind of heat that you want. And you just boil it, man, for about, you know, a good 45 minutes or an hour, nice and slow to render that bourbon out. And after that, you put it in a jar. Man, I'm telling you, you will never have to go to the grocery store again. Mark McMillan, former chief, former Eagle. Uh, by the way, when you were back in Philly, I know you did some, uh, you are part of a charity golf tournament. And then you worked with what, the uh, uh, at the Penn football camp at Franklin Field, right? Yeah, I was excited about that. I got a chance to play in uh, Eric Williams, uh, the Super Bowl champion from the uh, Dallas Cowboys. His golf tournament played in that in Delaware. Had a chance to – I'm telling you, we got to get Nate Newton on the show. 
Nate I know. Duke is one of the He's funniest crazy. dudes I've ever met, you know. So he, he he was real cool, man. And then I got a chance to play in Ron Jaworski's tournament as well uh, down in Atlantic City. And, you know, got a chance to, you know, hang out with Mike Quick, uh, you know, the, the, the 2021 Hall of Famer, the legend, the legend. I'm telling you, <laughs> Harold Carmichael, man. And Harold's like 6'6". And every time I'm taking a picture with Harold, I'm like, there is no way – I could have guarded a guy like that. And obviously he's going in the Hall of Fame. So it's good to be able to get back to Philly, man, and see some of these guys. Uh, Keith Byers was there. Um, you know, I got a chance to see him. Uh, Rich Gannon, who I played for, played with in Kansas City. Um, there was a lot of guys. Merrill Hodge. Uh, so it, it, Jason Kelsey. You know, he's like Mr. Philadelphia. Everybody loves that guy, man. Mark, I'm going to read you a headline, and I want your reaction to this. Your grill is filthy has poor temperature control, and for some idiot reason has the heating element below the food so fat drips into it and catches fire, there's a better way to cook in your kitchen. Wow, read that over again, man. It's, I didn't know I was going to get quizzed today. No, no, no. no. So essentially, where, where did that guy, that's a story a guy wrote. I don't even know what publication, but it's taken off. Basically, the guy was making the case that grilling is a bunch of nonsense, and it's still what? not as good as cooking in the kitchen. Oh man, who is that guy? A troll. He, he must be. He must be Amish or something, man. There's no way. <laughs> there's no way you can. You can't be grilling, man. I, like I said, I grill and smoke five, six days a week. I need to see this guy. Bring this guy to Vegas, and we'll put some pork shoulders. We'll put some pork butts on the grill, uh, some ribs, and then we'll shove it down his throat and see what he says after that. Actually, I know. Like, I don't know him, but I, I actually like his work. But he's like a political commentator, like yeah. a commentary guy. He has a podcast. This like- is <laughs> come on. This is perfect timing before Fourth of July weekend because I saw a bunch of people who are you know pit masters and barbecue people, grilling people. They're flipping out. I'm like, you're just you're taking the bait. All right, Mark, what are you doing for Fourth of July in terms of what you're cooking? Oh man, right now I got some uh, boneless skinless chicken breast that I have uh, that's been marinating for 48 hours. I got a little cracked lemon pepper seasoning on them. Like I said, I just bought me a pork shoulder. Um, I'm going to do a little maple brown sugar rub on that. Uh, I got some uh, some baby back ribs that I'm going to do some hickory uh, hickory barbecue seasoning that I get up in the kitchen over the weekend. So I got pork butt, I got ribs, I got chicken, and I'm going to do some grilled corn as well. So it, it, the, the grill and smoker is going to be hot, baby. So Twitter, hang on to your seats, baby. It's going to be finger licking good. John, are you doing something? Uh, something kind of sad, just throwing it on the grill. All right. Some fireworks with the kid. Nothing crazy like Mark, at least. Mark, I'm going to do some, uh, we're having a few people over. I'm going to do some steaks. Uh, I'm, there not you ex- go. I'm not exactly sure what cut I'm going to use, and I'm not going to serve like the whole steak. I'm going to slice it up. So have like slices of steak. Oh, what, nice. what, what, what should I marinate it in and how long should I do it for? Or should I not do that um, at all? And it's just salt and pepper. Just make it basic. Salt and pepper make it basic. Like, you know, we've been talking about this for about a six months now. A lot of people overdo it with all the seasons and, and marinades and dry rubs and wet rubs. Salt and pepper, I'm telling you, let that steep into the meat. You got to cook it right. You know, you got to cook it medium medium rare. You know, like I said, you got to let it sit for about five to six minutes. Let it rest. Let those juices lock back into it. I'm telling you, Steve, you're already the man. After you cook this steak with just salt and pepper, people are going to swear that you put something else on it. Well, you're the man because you're building an empire, and I want to I wanna close on this. So name, image, likeness is rolled out, and we're seeing kids be really creative. They've got their own logos. Ooh, they're signing deals. Wait. Mark, can you, can you imagine going back to uh, college and you know, playing football at Alabama and 
at say like 20 years old. And I, I'm going to admit, like, I don't think I was mature enough. If I was a high level athlete, I'm not even sure I would <laughs> be able to do it. But can you imagine if you had started with your Alabama playing career, a lot of your grill and McMillan stuff, the opportunities that would have been available to you? Oh man, I, I would have, I would have probably got drafted and just, just went on and just opened up my restaurant. I would have just <laughs> went straight to business. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I saw Master P son, he signed with a $2 million deal. Yep. Um, and he hasn't even dribbled the ball yet in college. And he's at so, like he's at like Tennessee State. Yep. Yeah, yeah, Tennessee State. So I know Primetime has benefited as well. You know, he's going to do a good marketing his guys. I talked to uh, Spencer Rattler the other day, the quarterback from Oklahoma. You know, he's from Arizona. Uh, he just signed a deal with uh, with Steinberg, and and he always he hit me up. He say, "Hey, I got this deal, but I still want you to be able to cook for me when I make it to the league." I was like, <laughs> "Bro, if you need a top chef after you make all this money, you know, just stay healthy." You'll be you'll be the top five pick in the draft in the next year or two. Wow, really cool. I'm happy for the kids, and the, you know, there's going to be some hurdles and stuff that people have to deal with. But the fact I'm most impressed with the fact that there are a bunch of kids like months out that were really thinking about this, and they were ready to roll on July 1st. Yeah, that, that's that's exciting, man. We've been talking about this what for years. Yeah. You know, kids being able to capitalize on their likeness. Um, I just want those kids to be careful that they're just not focusing on too much of the money part and forget about that they still have to produce. And, you know, there's a lot of companies out there that's willing to uh, help these young men out. Uh, hopefully the, the young ladies will be able to capitalize just as much as the young men uh, on this. And, you know, it, it's a win-win for everybody. Now, now you know, I see Reggie Bush is like, well, can I get my records back? Can I get my Heisman back? Yeah. So the NCAA, we already know, is, you know, there's some, there's some crooks in there anyway. So we're, we're going to see how, how well this, uh, this benefits the student athletes, you know, with some of the guys, uh, you take Des Bryant when he was at Oklahoma State, just had a steak dinner with Dion. Uh, you know, he got suspended. AJ Green when he was at Georgia, he had games taken away. So, you know, there's a lot of things that the NCAA have done to a lot of athletes that I don't think is fair. So, hopefully, you know, these guys can make as money as they can. Mark, good job, man. Have a good time on the grill oh, and, the, and the smoker. Have a good holiday weekend. I appreciate it, man. I'm gonna give you guys a shout out, man. I'm going. My guy Camille, he's a He's a keyboardist in the group, The Roots, man. So he gave me some tickets tomorrow uh, to the Dave Chappelle show. So I'm excited about that. Ah, nice. <laughs> That's a weekend. All right, Mark. We'll see you. I appreciate it, guys. There he is. Mighty Mac played uh, in the NFL with the Chiefs and the Eagles and several other teams. A big part of Cofield and Company and what we do here at Lotus Broadcasting. And always like to lean on him for his cooking advice. Mark McMillan, 29. You can see all the good stuff he's uh, smoking and grilling on a daily basis. The crew over at Finley Toyota speak Spanish, Thai, and even Persian. In fact, they speak 14 different languages. Come in and talk the universal language of big savings today.